listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey guys, welcome to the show. We're here today with some good friends of mine with Red Stick Brothers. It's Johnny and Josh Andrews. They've been friends of mine for years. They've been in the game longer than I have and inspired me to get started a few years ago. So I'm really excited to have them on. Guys, would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm Josh Andrews, born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where we do our business. My grown-up job, I'm in the oil and gas business, but I'd say about six, seven, eight years ago, uh, my brother talked me into getting into the low-income housing game out here in Baton Rouge, and we started then and started growing, so that's kind of become a pretty big part of our lives, and that's about it for me. Married with a couple of, uh, couple of boys, and uh, that's it. My name's uh, Johnny Andrews, and I am the brother who unfortunately talked my brother into going into low-income housing. I uh, started off as an RN in the charity hospital system in Baton Rouge and then I went to uh, Baton Rouge General Mid-City and I decided I was tired of taking care of people and now I went into a victim. So I'm in the housing business. Johnny, I wonder how many times in the early days Josh cursed you for dragging him into this business. It's not not over yet. We're pot committed. It's either uh, put up or shut up. Well, the first first three or four years daily. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty Awful. terrible. Well, good deal. So the first question we usually have on the show is, why should we listen to you? So just tell us kind of briefly what you've accomplished in the, the real estate investment world. Well, like six or seven years ago, I bought my first property by myself. Everybody kind of said I was done for doing it. And after about a year, talked Josh into doing another four with me. And then we just started doubling down and I don't know that anybody should listen to me or, or listen to Josh per se. You should all figure out your own formula, but money's there. You just have to be willing to take the risk and uh, work. Management though is key with low-income housing. You can't outsource it. You have to be hands-on. You have to do it yourself. But other than that, I, I don't know that I would I have any advice for anybody other than <laughs> just do it. And, and I guess I would say the reason that you know, we feel comfortable talking about it because we can tell you what not to do because we spent the first four or five years doing a lot of things wrong. And then fortunately, it got to a point to where it was so wrong. We had to, yeah, our come to Jesus conversation is about we need to completely take this thing over and and get serious about it to change it and fix it or we're in trouble. And, and from that, we learned a lot and we've essentially turned around something that was ugly into to something that's, you know, uh, making some money now. So whatever you turned it into, what, wh- how many properties do y'all have? How much cash is that s- spitting out for you? What does your portfolio look like today? We are, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but all single family homes for the most part. We have some pretty small, you know, duplexes. And I think a sixplex is our biggest, if you want to say apartment. So, but for the most part, low income, single family homes, we are in the 120s now, right, John? 100, if you include, 14, including, but include... You know, a little package off to the side of the roof is stuff. We're we're around one twenty. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah between the two of us, one twenty four, one twenty five, and I think our rents average anywhere from the low end four fifty to as much as twelve hundred. Yeah, but I would say average across the board is seven fifty to eight hundred. Is a yeah, we're, I think seven seventy six. Yeah, with an average, if I had to throw out a number, price of you know purchase price of twenty seven to thirty thousand a unit. Okay. Over the life of, and that's all in because some we bought, paid five grand for and put twenty grand into to fix up, you know things of that nature. So, and we gross about what do we gross? Seventy plus seventy. Seventy, 70 plus thousand in rent. 
70 plus thousand a month in rent. Yeah, cash. And, and what are your, if you don't mind my asking, your your expenses on that? So how much of that is 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 net profit for you guys? Well, it's hard to really say that the net profit. Just keep putting it back in. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, exactly. Well, because, and look, we, we, we have, and it gets better every year, but we have a significant maintenance fees. You know, these are low income. So we have a lot of vandalism. We have a lot of theft. We deal with a lot of that stuff. We had two houses broken into yesterday. Yeah. Literally two doors kicked yeah. in yesterday. Oh, wow. So, so a, a good, uh, kind of a good rough number we always throw out there when we're working together, figuring numbers out is $100 per month per house for strictly maintenance. Okay. On average. That's high side, but we yeah. use that number. So you're, we're, I mean, when you put that with a hundred, so you can easily get to seven, ten thousand $10,000 a month. Right. Goes towards maintenance, remodels, Tenants move out, you go in, you've got 19 broken doors, 17 broken windows. So the turnovers are a little bit more costly in the low-income market. Yes, absolutely. And especially with us, because we fix everything, as opposed to some of the other players in the low-income game. So you kind of lumped maintenance in with, with remodels there. So, do you think it'll level out over time once, it, once yes, all it of has, these... absolutely. It, it has. It is. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's not bad. I mean, tomorrow, me and my maintenance man are tearing a kitchen floor out. We're going to new floor joists, and we're going to deck it and put in a... Uh, we're going to redo the entire kitchen in seven hours tomorrow. We're very efficient. We don't have to do that all the time anymore, but in the beginning, Josh and I were doing it all Well, the that's time. what I was getting at earlier when I said those first few years... We had bought supposedly remodeled houses Mm -hmm. and we weren't good at doing due diligence. We get in there and we find out we were completely lied to and then we were having to do remodels on top of remodels. And so, yeah, at first we had 20 houses and we were spending $7,000 a month remodeling properties. Now, remodeling remodels. But but yes, as you were getting to, it is getting to the point where... All that money we put in is starting to pay off now. Less and less of these big projects are happening every month. So every month, our bottom line is getting better and better and better. And not to get too specific, I think last year, I mean, we're, we're getting close to, to the 200,000 range a year. Okay. Uh, we'll just do way better. Than we'll that do. This year and I think this year with our newest package, we might get into that later. This, when you talk about your home runs, we, sure. we just recently got one. I was able to step down from a man upper management position or my nursing job to come do this. I keep the lights on. My wife's fed. My dogs are fed. We're making a living, and it's going to be. I think this is going to be a hell of a year. Uh, next year, twenty twenty, yeah. it's going awesome. to be a good year. Yeah, good deal. So let's back it up a bit, and y'all briefly touched on it, but please expand. Where did y'all get started? Why did y'all get started? Kind of what inspired you to get into the real estate business and kind of dive into those first few deals and, and tell us about kind of how those went. You can tell us how we got started, Johnny. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I was going to, I think it was 2006, 2007, maybe, maybe seven or eight. I was going to buy a house and flipping remodels. I was getting sucked into all that crap on TV where people were buying a house for $3 and selling for $1.2 million and all they did was put it right on the countertop. Yeah. So I was like, shit, I went in on that. I can do that. And I was looking at a house down the street by Capital One on Jefferson Highway, two miles from here. Uh-huh. And it was like a hundred grand. It needed another hundred thousand dollars worth of work. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I was going to do it, about to sign the paperwork, get everything done. And it, the market crashed the next day. Like the next day that it went from a hundred thousand dollars out to nothing and it came to a dead stop. I don't know if you remember 2007, oh, yeah. 2000. So then I, I just kind of started ruminating and thinking about what to do. And I was still looking at houses, obsessed with them. And I would find these $30,000 houses, $20,000 houses in North Baton Rouge. 
and I called a realtor buddy that we grew up with, Travis, mm-hmm. and asked him about it. And he goes, oh, coincidentally, I have a brother that, that does that. So he put me in touch with his brother who procures and sells houses for low-income investors. Okay. And that's where I bought my first one. And then a year later, Josh came in with me, and it, it, it's been downhill since. We, we ended up getting our our first 20 through him. Okay. Roughly. We then realized after that 20, and they managed them for us as well. Tell us about that. How, what did the numbers look like on those? Terrible. We had bought them. We thought we were getting great deals, probably anywhere from thirty-nine to $46,000 a pop. We were told they're better areas and they're going to be rented and blah, blah, blah. Now, now, how did y'all, how did y'all buy those? Just financing through one, a local bank. I think all those deals roughly were around 6% interest, five-year balloons on 20-year AMs. Okay. And those were cash we had spent our yeah, entire lives. Yeah, and that, that was, we, we essentially, between the two of us, you know, scrounged together 40 grand in cash from a, you know, a lifetime of, so one thing, one question I have for y'all because I've, I've heard this story before, and I was I was curious. After that initial investment, how much more of your own cash have you put back into the real estate, and then how much of it has been self sufficient? Because we went from forty grand that you spent, you know, your whole life saving, to now we have one hundred and twenty houses. Up, up until a month ago, zero. Yeah, really. Up until the forty, nothing. zero. Not a single dime. That's impressive. we ever put. You know, yeah, nothing. Nothing. Uh, the reason I say up until recently because we recently just bought a really big package, and we, you know, personally loaned sure. some money to the business to help with the, you know, the big down payment. Yeah, absolutely. We we bought this giant package without the help of our angel investors. Yeah, yeah. So that all right. Let's let's go over that again. That forty thousand dollars y'all saved. Y'all use that on down payments on on how many properties? The next nine. Well, yeah, a total a of total the, the of 20. about twenty houses. Okay. Well, no, no, I take that back. Actually, how it happened was, I uh, bought a package of four, bought a package of four, and then we bought a package of nine. Okay. Something like that. So how did y'all how did y'all scale from there? How did y'all stretch that? I mean, once you once you put the down payments on the houses, you're out of money again. I, right? Well, Josh. Mostly well, this is me. Josh wasn't really, I have very little pride, very little dignity. <laughs> and I begged my uncle for a long, long time to loan us money to buy houses cash. And he would say no. He said no. He said no, 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 I'm not going to do it. And then Josh got married. Remember, got married and brought us to breakfast Yeah. the next day. After you're met, we all sit down and he, he said. Well, once he saw that so we right. had, we were real, we had something in place. Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah. When, I, when I first started buying, everybody said I was crazy. Oh, and a, a year after you show some results, now everybody's lined up to yet. get in. Yeah, yeah. so we have a, a very successful real estate uncle in mm-hmm. uh, the Bay Area. Okay. And he made it off for us for a certain amount of money that he would be willing to back us at a, at a specific interest rate. And... We could use that to make cash offers, and when you're making cash offers in on low income properties, you're killing. I mean, you have such an advantage. So, how would you pay him back through the bank? Through the bank, we you go to the bank and finance eighty twenty. So, it's initially the offer was two hundred fifty grand that he would be willing to max out with us, and so you know we would hit the streets and find properties, whether it's MLS or whether it was packages of two or four from investors, or even at one point we bought, after the flood, the flood of 2016, 
we bought 20 completely flooded and gutted properties for about $9,000 each. Oh, wow. For those listeners that, that aren't familiar with the Baton Rouge area, in 2016, we had a major flood that, that covered probably a third of the city and really changed the real estate landscape around here and offered huge opportunity for investors to fix these properties up, get them dirt cheap, fix them up, and sell them at quite a profit or, or keep them and, and rent them as y'all did. So basically, you would take the private money that, yep. that you got, and you'd buy it, and then you'd fix it up, yep. and then get it reappraised, yep. and then get a bank loan for the higher value to pay back your private lender. Exactly. And then rinse and, rinse and repeat. Okay. And, and we, we were so successful that with him, you know, we developed such a relationship as the, the 250 went went up to 500000 and then that was paid off. And then I think at one point... We got as extended as one point two million. Yeah, we we paid him back seven and, figures. You know, he's, he's all in. He'll help us do whatever we want. Yeah. So you know, uh, each time, well, yeah, hell, you pay me that back, and let's go, let's do it again. He got excited about it, and yeah, and, and, and I, that's how and, we developed the, the larger portfolio. And there's quickly. a lot of private lenders out there. You know, a lot. You don't have to have a rich uncle. I mean, there's people no. lined up to, yeah, to have, do this type of business to, model. We could go to friends and to other people too, but it's just convenient to have this uncle. Sure. And he's in the real estate game, so you don't have to have the conversation with him. Yeah, you know, he you gets have, it. He doesn't follow it, up. It's he really great. He's yeah. just... Y'all got some, yes, okay, I'll, I'll wire $780,000 into the savings account and go do what you got to do. That's a fantastic so, trait. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about how you scaled from those those first twenty up to the the hundred and fourteen you have today. What is your what does your operation look like? How how did that how did that process? Well, go? like I said, the first twenty or so, we had another group managing them, and it was just going to going to shit. The numbers were bad. We were you know making enough to cover the notes, but we would. You know, as we would look into it, we'd have three and four month vacancies. We couldn't get anything answered. It became apparent that we had a house that a car drove yeah. through. And then you sent me the. I drove to go check on a house <laughs> that had been rented in three months. I didn't understand why. And there was a hole inside the house from where a car drove through it. I didn't have any idea. The management didn't even know. They don't even. They so at this really time, anything. at this time, Johnny started, then Johnny pulled you in, then he moved to well, yeah, Houston. Yeah, he was living okay. in Houston. I'm in the oil and gas business. The oil and gas business was just dead at the time. So I had a lot of free time to grow this. So at around 20 or so, that's when I got in, I've mentioned before, into the adjudicated property world. I've just fell in love with it, how easy it is on the online auction process. And well, tell us a little bit more about that process. Well, uh, uh, how, did, how did you discover that? And then what is that process? I don't remember how I, figured, I found out about it, uh, but I'm in the oil and gas game and I'm a landman. So I naturally... Constantly uh, researching yeah, courthouse stuff, property yeah, at so the it's, courthouse. It's naturally what I've always done. And then conveniently, a local company, and by local, I mean New Orleans Civic Source, who now is statewide and beginning to take over other states, have essentially taken all the adjudicated properties in the state of Louisiana, put it in electronic form, and created a database and software and a website to where you can actually use their website to do all of your, you know, find these properties, put your deposits down, set up your auction dates. And so to buy them, you need all cash though? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and I bring that up because at this time I was talking to John, I was like, we have to manage our own properties or this is going to crumble and bankrupt us. So I actively started looking for an office. You need one of the keys of, of low income housing is you need office space in the community. Absolutely. You need to be there because they need somewhere they can walk, somewhere close by. The easier it is for them to pay you, the better. Yeah. So 
I found a really great location of, of adjudicated property. It was an old hair salon called Anointed Creations on North Foster <laughs> Boulevard, right in the heart of all of our properties. Set it up, got the auction started, won the auction, and then decided to move mom or mother into it, remodeled that place, and we opened Red Stick Brothers Management Company to start managing our own. So, so what were they, what was the previous property managers doing so poorly that y'all are doing different? Well, they weren't, they weren't their property, so they didn't care. Once they flipped and made their money, because that's the, that's the pitch. Hey, buddy, man, look at these houses. I can get you these great deals. They're going to rent for 800 bucks a month. You're going to make this kind of cash flow. We're going to manage them. You can set it and forget so it. a turnkey provider. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but once they get that down payment. turkey provider. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're making 8 10% on what? They don't care. Yeah. And so, and they have their own property. So, guess who's getting the, right, the best the tenants first? And his, his money is made in the flips, man, because yeah. he's got connections. Like, he's buying these houses for five and $6,000, putting in... Maybe five to ten thousand. He's into it for ten to fifteen thousand. He's selling them for between thirty-five and forty. And at the time, we think forty to forty-five thousand is a good deal. We've since learned in the real world the math looks fantastic, but when you cross into that area, that spreadsheet magic doesn't translate into low income, does does not. (laughs) Yeah. So once I started really diving diving into the numbers, I realized. Whoa, 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 this is nothing like what we were told. I think so, we were looking like we were collecting like 70, 78, 75% collection rate. Oh, wow. It's terrible. Making the note. I mean, it was awful. And the houses were getting worse and worse and worse. And then we'd get into them and all the things that we were told that were done and remodeled weren't. We'd open up floors and we would see, you know, layers upon layer of cheap, plywood on top of each <laughs> yeah. other on top of Instead each of other tearing it out fixing the leak yeah tearing it out redoing it they would just put new plywood on it bct tile we, and never yeah. fix the leak and that would we were it. getting we were getting electrical bills uh, you know hey we fix this electrical issue and you know really look into it and they would bill us three and four times for the same electrical issue oh, wow. it was you know the same the and way. then we'd go out to it and realize that that electrical issue never even got fixed in the first place even though we paid to have it fixed three times we were getting just raped so how did things turn around once you set up your property brothers well it took a little while but we set up our own started managing ourselves got a great location on the main strip through through uh, north baton rouge and then we started, we, that's when we was like, there ain't no turning back, we're pot committed. And that's when we started hitting hard. Hitting hard where walking in the middle of a rainstorm, putting, we buy houses in your, in your mailboxes, putting out signs in yards saying we pay cash for houses right after the flood. And then, then uh, the oil business kind of picked up yeah. and then Josh called me and was like, yeah. Well, that's when we probably picked up another quick 20 or 25 houses. Mm-hmm. I had just, you know, spent, months remodeling 20 flooded properties and that's when my business started to pick up and i called johnny he's like look man you got yeah i'll take a six-figure pay cut you need need to come back and he came back i stepped back johnny stepped in and by then then we you know we've kind of developed a, a pretty an established name in the area and then people started calling us we up until recently, our, our biggest package was 25 houses. A guy found us, and we worked out a deal. And, and it just, you know, next thing you know, we're at 70-something, and we just closed on a deal of 40. Oh, wow. And, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And once you've got your fixed costs taken care of, 
you know, everything you get after that's that much better. And we run a we run a lean crew. We got you know. My so who brother, does what? It's a family business. Yeah, and Johnny does all the you know handles the maintenance and the maintenance man and the on the ground collections. Uh, my mom works in the office. She handles all the financials. And then we have a secretary that secretary? goes to the doctor all the time. I hope you listen to this too one day, Katie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she, you know, she handles the, you know, we have a lot of traffic coming in every day, you know, and that's it. And then I do the financials, you know, okay. I secure the loans, banks. Yeah. deal with all, all this stuff behind Josh, the scenes. Josh has a penchant for firing off angry emails. <laughs> so I let him do that. So. And then, look, I'm good at research <laughs> so I can find the properties. I've bought sure. multiple adjudicated properties. Me and my brother just bought seven acres in Livingston Parish this morning. I don't even know if he knows about it, but we did. No, no, no. <laughs> Adjudicated property what in Miami. You, what, are you, what are you doing with that? Is that that's a personal use? No, that's actually going to be a uh, quick flip. I'm okay. going. People to, are buying them. So, they, they, it's right where you built camps. They're on the old Amy, man, yeah. right off of Meckian Road. Yeah. It's, uh, it's where everybody and their brother builds. It's, an know, adju- it's a piece of property I've been watching on the. Uh, Adjudicated property I've been looking at for about six months, and it finally went for auction, and I made some bids and won it. And we're going to have. Next week, I'll have I'll take possession of it, and then we're going to have a guy come clear the front acre of it, and then we're going to put for sale sign out front. Nice. See what happens. How much you think you're going to clear? I don't know. I paid sixty sixty nine hundred for it, and I'm hoping can't go wrong with that. I'm going to put it up for twenty five grand and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I mean, we we've done it before in Zachary. Yeah. We bought bought one for six grand, and then the neighbors bought it. I think for fifteen, like a day later. Yeah. Nice. So I mean, it 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 works. You just got to find where the spot is. Josh and I drove through the through that park, the trailer park where it was, and we knew it would be one somebody would want. So we bought it and it sold it. I mean, within a couple days. There's a lot of that. I I, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it, but I haven't quite gone where I could go with it. Yeah. Yeah, Grant, Grant Cardone's going to listen to this like, yeah, oh, sweet, they made six grand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. We're so, high-fiving each other. So um, a couple of minutes ago, you had mentioned your your, your 40 uh, house package, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm very familiar with this package, and, and I just I know that this is going to be the, the answer to my next question. But the next question we have is, tell us about one of your highlights, like uh, something you knocked out of the park, which is your best deal that went better than expected. And then followed up with, with something that went in the toilet, a low light, something that went terribly wrong, something you lost money on or a horrible well, eviction or something like that. This package, I can almost definitively say, would be our like Barry Bonds on steroids, giant Mark McGrath forehead home run. I mean, it was... So tell us about it. Can you break the numbers down for us? I guess we're into them for 29K roughly a piece. Yeah, so the package is a low-income housing tax credit program package. Okay. Still within, so these are in two 15-year periods. It's to the end of the first 15-year period. Can you explain how, how what you mean by uh, that? We were hoping you could tell us. <laughs> it's very convoluted, complicated. All we know is we write checks for $20,000 to lawyers, and then we had 40 houses at the end of the six-month period. So. Uh, basically what it is is you have you know big builders or, or money guys that get approval from a state and federal government to build these low-income housing program houses, mm-hmm. and they get tax credits. Okay. And they then take those tax credits and who knows what they do with it, sell them to Google or whatever. And then they're, they're basically required within these tax credit program periods to promise, and, and these are, you know, annual reporting to lease to folks that fall in, whether it's a 60% or 40% medium income bracket. Okay. So they're they basically force you. And they do which y'all we're doing anyway. Which we do it. Our, our client, yeah, our clients are there anyway. Okay. So, the, the tough part about it was 
this was an off-the-market package. How'd you find it? Gentleman, uh, Chris Grimiol, brought it to us through word of mouth about, through what we do, asking okay. an old agent of ours, do you know anybody? She goes, I know just the guys that call us. We look at it. They're asking $1.5 million for these 38 houses. They're all 13 or 14 years old. And that's right up our alley, at least for a start. Good-looking houses, three and four bedrooms throughout, scattered throughout North Baton Rouge and surroundings in a much better areas than we're used to. Fantastic areas. Mid-cities. But the catch is you have to become, you have to be approved by the state as a loan closing. You have to be as as a purchaser. So from the day we started talking to them, it took eight months to close this deal. And we got it for $1.1 million. And you could tell that the last year they weren't paying much attention to management. Right. Mean, just look at the numbers. Just like, okay, well. And so we went to the deal going, okay, well, I was going to be pretty happy if we could clear eighteen to maybe 20000 cash a month to start till we figure Gross. this thing out. Gross. You know, just to start. Now- Eighteen to twenty thousand a month, you said. Cash. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gross rent. So, how much? How much did you put down? How did you finance oh. it? And then, what are you? What was your well, note? And- yeah. So that's what we. What I was getting to other about how we didn't put cash into before, or the first forty thousand. So this is where you. This is this where is y'all can reinvest. We had to come up with twenty percent. You know, between us, you know, we took some personal Just money over two hundred thousand. Yeah, two hundred and twenty thousand. Okay. We had another twenty thousand in attorneys' fees. Roughly another ten thousand in appraisal fees, and you know closing costs. Blah blah blah. Let's say two hundred fifty grand. We had to come up with, and Red Stick had some money to throw in too, mm-hmm. but we had to cover the rest. Also, uh, 80, 80, 20 uh, year AM, five year balloon, local bank, mm-hmm. and I think our note is somewhere around sixty three hundred for all of it. Okay, a month. And how much? Sixty three hundred a month is your total yeah. note. Yes. So, but that, so that's that's what I was, that's so where the home run comes in. First month, we're going to take in twenty eight thousand. Yeah. First month, and we added three more section eights. And we added three more section eights. Do y'all use a lot of pro, uh, section eights for? We're like going to on yeah, these. These we are. We're going to really make it. Well, it, we inherited thirteen oh, wow. from this one package. Thirty eight houses, three of which are to the studs destroyed, vandalized. So thirty five houses. We'll get to remodeling the other three eventually. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Uh, so thirty five houses essentially, and well, we only have one rent right now. The rest of them are and they're in great shape. So if your if your notes around six grand and you're bringing in twenty eight grand a month, I mean that that's a hundred percent. Cash on cash return. It's like 120%. It's like 117%. Dude, cash on cash. <laughs> Look, I knocked on wood. I, I didn't expect the first two months to go this well. Yeah. We're, yeah. It's it's crazy. We're going to have our own a meth lab in this five ants, five acres we bought off of meth. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, and then also, too, at this time of the year, which is, you know, as well as I do, Typically a slower, it's not yeah. especially in the low income world because you get just finished back to school. And you're about to go into Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. But the good thing is we're going right into tax season. So potentially there's no reason why we can't get to thirty thousand a month on this deal of something we paid one point one million. And and our and, and Josh was saying also, our fixed costs are, are basically in. Yeah. With the maintenance costs, the labor costs on maintenance. Or you know, or much the office and the mom and, and so salaries. everything we add is land yet now. Everything now goes to the bottom line. Now there will be a number where we have to add right. staff. Sure. But right now, yeah. we can handle this. So, 
Another thing that you know, I mentioned last time that I think is noteworthy is, is your maintenance expenses are significantly lower because these are relatively newer properties. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. That's a problems to start though. Well, we were, we were definitely, you know, just with any package you ever buy, probably even in the nicer areas, when you really get into it, when you get yeah. it, you know, you're like, oh, well, there, <laughs> we have run into a lot of that. So we got, yes, we have two or three. So ACs went out. And they were like, okay, here, here are three window units. We're not fixing anything. Tell the new people. So that's where I am right now. <laughs> Josh and I currently have to replace two ACs. It might be three. We, we all had, have central air. Yeah. And we had one house that we didn't go into the week before we bought. And then Johnny oh. got into it. And, you know, I mean, homeless people just you know, like shit a, on the walls. Literally, it was just, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, a nightmare. But, uh, but they're, look. Considering and what we're used to when we buy these things, yeah, uh, it couldn't go. It couldn't have gone better. I'm just rent it as is for six fifty with the barrel full. Of and food. and we also figured out that it's obvious in the last six months during our negotiation period they were throwing people anybody in there they could right. to keep <laughs> the collecting rent. And and they would take they would take you know they would take five hundred seventy five dollars a month on a property. That we can lease tomorrow for nine hundred, so we get it. They've got five people that are three months behind rent. Of course, we evict all of them. We turn around the next day and we can rent the place for nine hundred. Nice. And some people like they, they had two of them that were in the hole. One was three k, and the other one was thirty five hundred. And they came up with the money because their rent is so cheap. Like they were like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to put you out. And within a week, yeah. I had six thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> from me. And they would look, make a deal. Look, like, look, you owe thirty five hundred. You bring me and my brother twenty five k cash. I'm gonna forget about that. You know? <laughs> and we already got paid right for that month from the seller. Sure, as we worked that into the agreement. And one of the important things, anybody listening, remember this: when you buy packages, this is something I learned. Mm-hmm. When you Work out your purchase agreement. Make sure, especially with low-income housing properties, that when it comes to prorate as a buyer, anything that comes in rent-wise after the date of closing is yours. I don't care if it's past rent. I don't care anything. I will never, ever make that mistake. Anything that comes in after the day I close... They try to take back your. No, they, well, they do. They they they'll come to you. That's all they. All they think. They'll call you. They, you can't. You know. No. No. This no, is low income because you know how tough it is to get your rent. How tough it is. Right. I'm not going to go work my ass off to get the month before's rent for you. Right. That ended up. I worked that into the purchase agreement. That ended up making us about eight or nine grand on this deal. And I will wow. never do another purchase agreement on low-income miles and properties. The day we sign, any, I don't care what it's for. Any, cause I'm, and the way I sell it is, when I'm done with you, I'm done with you. Right. I don't want to talk to you ever again. Yeah. And I hope you can appreciate that. You get your money. If it comes in before, you get your prorated amount. But, but also, too, if you get your 1000 buck rent on the 1st and we sell on the 10th, you're going to get just the 10 days. After that, it's yeah. mine. You're going to give me a check. I'm never going to pay you after we close. Right. And nice. that's, yeah, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Well, how far behind are they letting them get? I mean, I evict people after all they want to do. They just wanted bodies in the yeah. in the had, apartments or in the houses, so, so they could show to us. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's yeah. all they wanted. They had three, uh, three, a uh, three, four month, a couple of those. Uh, but no, that that's look. We were talking about it even before you started the podcast. Management, yeah, just a little bit of management can easily add 
10% off the top. Just somebody paying attention. Yeah, for sure. So the next question, oh, we haven't covered the lowlights, the horror stories. Uh, I know y'all got them in North Baton Rouge. A lot. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, a lot. When, <laughs> a lot. There, Where been, do I start? Look, there's been multiple times, and I'm trying to think the most down I was, multiple times where, you know, you you do a lot, man, and you, you, you're you told these stories and you, you give. And, and I think it was probably during the flood, we had the 20 houses, and I mean, blood, sweat, and tears in, in, in North Baton Rouge working my butt off, and we're getting ripped off by contractor after contractor. And I think it was our third or fourth lower unit was stolen in a matter of three or four days. Oh, man. And I remember just, just it was the most down and depressed. It was another day of driving up to a property, and you spent the entire day the day before <laughs> buying a cage, concreting it, locking it, going to, okay, this time, not this time. <laughs> and sure enough, and I think that was one of my lowest days. I really questioned yeah, what our, the hell we were doing. Our tenants, our tenants watched them grind the cage off of the condenser unit. Watched them. They didn't call the police. They didn't call 911. They called me <laughs> on my honeymoon. <laughs> I'm in the Bahamas at 3 o'clock in the morning. Michael's like, John, you better get your ass here. They got some some MF trying to take your uh, air conditioning. I was like, call the police. I'm like, hell no, I'm not calling the police. I don't want to get shot. You got to come take care of your stuff. Yeah. So uh, there was a time where that, oh man, it was just one after. Yeah, and, and now it still happens. Yeah. You know, we had our warehouse uh, two months ago was broken into five times in seven days and they stole about $11,000 worth of yard equipment. Ooh, I got some comic relief about the warehouse. About two weeks ago, <laughs> I stopped a woman from beating another woman to death with a brick while a transsexual was egging them on. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I don't think that's a low light, though. I think that's a story I get to tell my kids <laughs> on the deathbed. So that's a good. I like that. One. Um, I stopped violence. But but what the thing that fixes it all is is cash flow. Yeah. And the better the cash flow gets every month, the less I'm. It's going to bother me that one of our lower units is stolen. Yeah. The more you got, the less dramatic the impact is. Yeah, and there was a time where it really oh, hurt. Me. I mean, it was it was rough, rough, <laughs> convincing my why am I doing this and why do we continue to do? And you get a feeling. I know there's, you know, a lot of the you know in quotes slum lords in these areas. Some of them are terrible people, but some of them start out with a good heart and they do all these things and they buy all the fridges and the. But one thing we've learned is if you give a fridge or a stove, 100% of the time it gets stolen. Not the exception. Every single time we've provided anything ever, it gets stolen 100% of the time. So some of these guys are just done. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, you gotta, you gotta give them some type of a credit. <laughs> they, you know, why? Like, why? Yeah. And, and we we're not there. We still we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> I hope we don't. But uh, but we we you know we we definitely don't ever want to be considered slumlord. So we we. So what advice do y'all have for somebody that's thinking about getting started, maybe on the fence, or or maybe has already started and dipped their toe in the water and looking to scale? What kind of lessons have you learned? Like if you had to do it over again, what would what well, would you do differently and what advice would you give somebody? Like, that, I, I, of course, we're, the big daddy warbucks of the world are all in re, real estate. 
I don't know that low income housing is for everybody. It's not something you're on the fence about. Would that's you for sure? Would you do low income housing again if you had to start over? Yeah, if, if I had to start over from where Josh and I were, yes, that's our only option. Yeah, we had. But we, if, we, if for we, some reason, my dad was Donald Trump. Absolutely not. I would only buy apartments and have other people manage it. You know, higher end yeah, apartments. Yeah, we've t- we talk about that often. We, we had to. We for us to build. You know, we don't. We come from nothing. We come yeah. from no money. But if you know, if ten years ago. I had $2 million in the bank. No, I would not do low income. Yeah, I'd buy $200,000. about ten, two hundred $200,000 homes and call it a day. May have ladder and bloom run. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but I mean, it can't do that. But I would say low income have, like, what did Mr. Miyagi say? You know, walk on left side of road, fine. Walk on right side of road, fine. Walk in middle, squash like a grape. Mm, yeah. So don't walk, don't, I mean, unless you got, you got to go all in on low income housing and it is labor intensive and you got to do it yourself. And I would also find a couple guys like us or someone else that have done it that you trust to really pick their brain about the actual numbers. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of cost? What does it realistically yeah, look and like? And don't get numbers from someone trying to sell you something. Right. <laughs> what do the numbers, because we've gone jumping into this thing thinking $45,000 a house, but now seven years later, I would never dream of spending more than $35,000 for it. And I'll get it now. I can get them for 25 to 30 houses that are 10 times better than the ones I bought seven years ago for 45. So that's to unique, what are the actual numbers? It is unique to have someone like my brother and I that, that have done it before and know what to look for and, and know when you're getting bent over a barrel. I wish we would have had that. Yeah, no, because like, like I said in the beginning, I don't know how many times I've called you. Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of this? Oh, I especially mean, with maintenance. Yeah. We know when you're getting screwed. Yeah. We know what no, everything costs. Johnny me. saved me thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm like, I'm about to pay somebody $750. He's like, dude, I'll be over there and I'll do it in 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. For crazy. $725. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I remember that. Like, Don't do it. Don't yeah. you do it, man. And uh, YouTube. Yeah. Do it yourself when you can. And you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. And, and when in doubt, rip it all out. Yeah. Just rip it out. And Don't YouTube. Cheap. Yeah. To YouTube how to put it back together. But don't be scared to just rip it all out. Nice. Nice. So what's next for y'all? You know, we talk about that often. More houses. More houses. Well, but, you know, just we're going to keep keep growing. I definitely was trepidatious up until this last package, the last four to six weeks, realizing you're always, you always second-guess yourself. Yeah. And especially with as hard and as much work we've done recently and how much struggling we did in the beginning, but with this other package that put us over the, not that we're not over the top, but it has given us some breathing room. I, I want to, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. I want to double down. I, I, want, I, I want more stuff. I want well, more. Look, do you I, want more single family houses or are you looking at, at whatever we can take, but I would like, I would love a set it and forget it apartment. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, you know, um, with a, you know a, a normal ten percent return, like yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> instead of the thirty three, but something you could give to like a ladder and bloom or a Keller, just like run it. Yeah, do what you got to do, and and I'll just build equity. Yeah, I, I think like we've we've got some really good relationships with banks that are willing to to take some some bigger risks on us now. But I, I definitely think that's you know that's what's next. The reason me and Johnny we've talked about too why we're so attracted to it and real estate in general. I mean, you've joked about it is. Is you you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world right. to do this gig. And me and my brother are not the smartest guys in the world, but we know how to work hard. We know how to show up at seven o'clock in the morning. And as long as you do that, you're gonna make money renting houses. Yeah. No, it's I, I love the simplicity of it. 
And I've met some people that, that just aren't that sharp that have made millions in this business. It's just math, man. And it's not even complicated math. It's yeah. just I mean, just, you know, me and my brother can't even read a balance sheet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was talking to you about that. I, I don't even know what the terms mean. When I watch these guys on YouTube, I have no idea what they're talking about. But Josh and I are doing that. And we have a gigantic portfolio. And our returns are as good as theirs, if not better. Well, it's only going to go up from here. We just don't know what the numbers mean. What's a capital, huh? I do know what's the they call it the global something, the global the banks use. Yeah, the global number. I don't know, but whatever, some type of a a equation that the banks use to rate your properties to whether or not every time we give them to the bank, they go, "Oh yeah, yeah, those are out of sight." (laughs) You're gonna be a thirty thousand dollar house. You're renting for one thousand seventy five. Yeah, we'll give you some money. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the exact name. It's called the global. It is the global. Yeah, they don't realize we've had seventy-five renters in that place in the last <laughs> three months. But uh, but whatever. Well, cool. The, the the next question we have where we have our, our radio round where we just ask you know three questions to kind of let our listeners get to know you a little better. What's your favorite book? Mine is To Kill a Mockingbird. Harper Lee. Good choice. Grapes of Wrath. Grapes All of time Wrath. Favorite. Depressing. And who 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 is that by? Steinbeck. Right. Steinbeck. Yeah. Yeah, my cement guy. No, you don't write feel good. Uh-uh. No, no, <laughs> you'll uh, when you're done with it. I, I don't know. I like I like books about you know old America and how yeah. hard it was, and that's about as hard as it gets. Makes you feel better about your struggle in North Baton Rouge. <laughs> I guess, man. I I, I I just I like you know I just I just like the story of just guys that all they know how to do is work. Yeah, and that's what and not even for money. Yeah, just, just work for nice. food. I'm going to definitely read that. What's your favorite quote? Don't eat the big white mint. <laughs> Roadhouse. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? <laughs> I, I miss Lombardi. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Nice. Got love a good I would like Lombardi. to experience that one day. Now, what's y'all's favorite thing to do outside of work? When you're not working, triathlons, triathlons, and running. Somewhat active in that. I've taken the year off, but I'm still running. I've taken the year off as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was my my goal for 2019 was to do a full Ironman, but I decided to uh, buy a bunch of properties instead. And well, that's what I'm going to buy properties and watch the Ironman. No, I, yeah. I did my last my last one last October, and it was okay. I need to spend the next year focusing on, and then also my only gas job. I knew this year I would be traveling like crazy, yeah. and I've, I've been on the road. It's hard to train. A week. Hard to train yeah. on the road, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Same with you. Yeah, yeah. Just bike and jog, and when I can, I like to go hunting, but I, I don't get to do that much. We don't have any hunting land yet. But that's uh, actually one day. So I, would, I, I think that the main reason we want to do this is this one day for <laughs> us to be able to have our own hunting land where we don't have to borrow or awkwardly go to someone's camp <laughs> and awkwardly shoot. A spike on a doe day, you know. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, we want our own land to where I don't know. That's I think that's honestly, if we had our, the number one goal is for this company to pay for our acreage somewhere. Yeah, just a big yes. pile of land somewhere we can go do whatever we want on. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I'm definitely interested in, in, in something similar. So I really appreciate y'all joining today. Tell our guests where they can find you. Well, our office address is 3122 North Foster, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 78805. 
at 7.08.05, and our phone number is 225-227-2512, and that's Red Stick Brothers. If you got any questions for us and you're thinking about getting into it, we like lunches. Shoot us an email, redstickbrothers at gmail.com, and with questions or whatever, man, and we'll be more than happy to hit you back or shoot shit. We need more good people in this business. We'll talk to anybody. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at crestworthcapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing.